This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. A series today. This will be my final part, part four of a series that I've been preaching all month long. And we've had a little fun from the huge success of the latest Star Wars movie. We've had some fun lifting that little statement, may the force be with you. And uh, we've had fun all month long with that statement. But it's really not anything tied to Star Wars. I just like the saying. So we just kind of made it a cool sermon series title. What, what I've been preaching about the first week was dream bigger dreams. An incredible force in your life that is a God sent to your life is the ability of faith. Everyone say faith. When you stretch your faith and you dream bigger dreams, you're not dreaming that you can do more. You're dreaming and releasing God to do more in you and through you and for you. And then the second week, we talked about the mood swings of life and how there's good days and bad days, and they will always be. But the key of Using the force of God within you is making sure that you acknowledge the, the bad moods. Making sure that you don't ignore the harsh reality that not everything's going to go your way in this life. But you also mix that with faith that God is on your side and he's going to bring you through and you're going to survive whatever life throws your way. Real faith is not putting your head in the sand. It's not blind faith. Real faith is, this is my reality, but I'm going to get God involved in my reality because it's going to be changed when he's in my reality. Someone say amen. I just think I might just preach that again today. Who wants this new sermon? Let's just go back and preach that. That's awesome. And then last Sunday was about small groups. One of the forces that God wants to use in your life is other people. We're better when we have others. But today... Today, I'm going to show you three words, three words that go hand in hand. It's kind of like a group package. It's kind of like a packaged deal. It's a bundle. How many of you have ever wanted cable TV, but you didn't want the landline or the internet, but good Lord, it was like pulling teeth just to get cable, right? You got to have all three. How many of you wanted heated seats, leather, sunroof? But you don't want the GPS. I don't want it, but you got to have it. It's a group deal. It's a package deal. Uh, so this sermon are three words, but they go together. And when they're used together and when they're applied properly together, it literally could be the force that changes everything in your life. Here are the words. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, harvest. That's what I want to speak about here this morning. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to look at an apple tree that's weighed down with apples and know, huh, that's an apple tree. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to go throughout a, a, a pecan orchard and step on all those beautifully uh, recently dropped pecans and have your bucket and you're piling that bucket full of pecans in the pecan orchard to know, huh, 
That's a pecan tree. You don't have to be the smartest guy in the room to walk through and see a peach tree that's weighed down with those beautiful, tasty, sweet peaches to know, huh, that's, yeah, see, I told you you didn't have to be smart. All of us get it, right? All of us get that. It's a peach tree. But here's where everybody uh, changes. This is where it all changes, right? If we were to show you the seed of those particular uh, produce trees, would you know the seed? Now, some of you would. Some of you are right now going, dude, absolutely. I could spot a peach seed a mile away. Me, on the other hand, if you were to give me a, a small gathering of different type of, of vegetation or different type of seed, I'll admit, I've never grown up around farming. Um, I, I, I never grew up planting. I never grew up uh, uh, sowing seed in the physical. I never, I never grew up like that, so it would be foreign to me. I could not identify the different seeds. But if you're going to be a farmer, and if your livelihood's going to depend on farming, you can't only be familiar with the harvest. You've got to be familiar with the seed. Wouldn't it be embarrassing if you're this ultimate farmer, man? I mean, you got your overalls, you got your straw hat, you, you, you got the skull ring in the back pocket to prove it. You know you're the real deal when there's a little circle back there. You're real. Real. You know what I'm, you're real when you can pack that stuff like that, boy. <laughs> I'll never forget, I was, about, I was about 15 years old. Kids don't ever try this in Jesus' name, don't ever try. But boy, I had me a friend of mine. He said, man, you want to try some of this? And I looked at him and I said, what is it? He said, man, this, this, is, this is some Copenhagen. And I said, Copenhagen? I said, yeah, I'll try it. I found out I wasn't the real deal. Anybody can say amen to that. I wasn't the real deal. I ain't talking about me not being the real deal. I'm talking about you. Anybody? Wouldn't it be a shame if the real deal farmer, he called up all of his buddies, his cousins, his neighbors, and he spent some money and he bought all this equipment. They said, what do you need us over at your house for? He said, we're going to take a few days, and we're going to go out, and we're going to harvest all the corn this year. Oh, okay, I got you, I got you. We're going to go harvest the corn. So they got the combine. They spent fortunes of money on all the equipment, the gear. They carve out the time on the schedule, and they get out there just to find it strawberries. Wouldn't that be a shame? They would ask what question? Did you not know what you were planting? Well, I wanted corn, but what did you plant? You planted strawberries. Now, let's, let's make the jump. Stay with me this morning. Let's make the jump. All of us in this room have this idea of what we want God to do in our life. We've got this vision of what we want God to do in our marriage. 
We've got an idea of what we want God to do in, in our hearts, in our homes. If you were honest, you've sat and your faith has dreamed bigger dreams this month. You've sat and you've focused on being in better moods this month. You've got this force that you're trying to use and you've got this end result. You've got this idea of what you want God to do, but I want us to back up and I've got to ask this, this, this elementary question. Are you planting the seed that will produce what in your mind's eye and in your faith is what you're expecting and wanting? Are you planting the seed for a better marriage? Are you sowing seed that will bring the blessings of God on your life? I know that we all have an idea of what we want God to do, but are you busy doing and sowing and planting the right seed that's going to bring about that type of harvest? For all of you that are writing this down, write down Genesis chapter 1. Write down Genesis chapter 1 and uh, write down verse 24 and then put you an arrow or a dot, dot, dot. From Genesis 1 and 24, continuing throughout the chapter, we see this incredible truth that the law of the harvest insists, demands, it dictates that everything planted or sown will produce of its own kind. Seed sown will produce of its own kind. You can't plant strawberries and get corn. But you can't sow seeds of disrespect and receive a harvest of respect. You can't sow seed of anger and hatred and expect a harvest of love and kindness. Seed sown will produce of its own kind the fowl of the air. The story of God's creation, Genesis 1. The fowl of the air, when they produce, male, female species produce, it's not going to produce swine. Swine's not going to produce cattle. Cattle's not going to produce fish. Are you tracking with me? Genesis 1, throughout the whole story of Genesis and the creation story, seed sown will produce of its own kind, no matter what. Now, let's jump to New Testament, Galatians 6. I believe it's around verse 7 if I'm right. Whatsoever a man sows, he shall also reap. What seed you sow, you're going to reap. So if in your faith, you have a vision for your family or for yourself or for your business or for your nation, for your church. Whatever it is God's put within you to dream for and to pray for, to hope for, there are seed, there's seed that God's already put in your pocket, so to speak, 
when you were created by God and formed of your mother and father, when God put you together, he put you together and equipped you with seed that you can sow in this life. It's up to you to know the timing. It's up to you to know how often. It's up to you to know when and where and how. But when you're full of God's spirit, stay with me this morning, God will order your steps and you will recognize good, healthy, fertile ground to sow your life into. Someone say amen this morning. Now, 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 now nudge your neighbor real quick and say, are you following this cat? You hanging with this cat? You hanging? Whatsoever a man sows, he shall also reap. Let me talk about a few different type of seed that you were given when you were created by God. You could have been born into the home of witchcraft. You could have been born into the home of just good old southern uh, patriotic uh, family that's full of goodness but without God. An unbelieving family. You could have been born a preacher's kid. You could have been born in the north. I'm sorry. You could have been born in the south. Glory to God. You could have been born in America. Thank you, Jesus. You could have been born in, in no matter where on the globe, you spin it and put your finger. When you were created by God, you were given some seed. He's not of a respecter of person. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. Doesn't matter how wealthy you grew up or how broke you grew up. It doesn't matter what blessings you've experienced in life or it doesn't matter how much hardship you've had in this life. We're not victims. We're not going to spend our time and energy talking about all the good things that have happened and all the bad things that have happened. We've got this day and this day alone. Yesterday's gone. All of your trophies from yesterday, they, they collect them dust. And all of your broken hearts from yesterday, it's time to move on. You've got right now, this moment, that you can literally play a role by the help of God in your life to make your tomorrow better. Are you with me? Here's one to consider. God has placed within your ability a seed to sow for your future. The first of which is the seed of desire. Whatever your heart's desire is, good, bad, or ugly, healthy or unhealthy, godly or worldly, the desires of your heart will show up in your actions and in your words. <laughs> somebody said, thank you, Lord, and somebody said, mm, mm, mm. It's going to happen. The desires of your heart will come out. They will manifest like fruit on a tree. Give it time. The world will know the real you. Your ambitions will come out. What you want and desire the most will take precedence over what you want or desire the least. In time, the real you will come out. 
I say it this way, what you think about will come out. Everybody all right? That's why the Bible says think on these things. Think on these things, these things that are good, these things that are of God. What you're thinking about is going to come out. Check this out. If your real desire and ambition, if the real you is one that wants to make money no matter what it costs, if you want money and success more than you want integrity, there will be a moment in your life where you literally are given the option to choose money, integrity, and you will cut a shady deal and make a sale. You'll cut a deal out of shadiness and crookedness. And yeah, you'll get your money. But you've sacrificed your integrity doing so. And that's not just for the salesman. It's for the consumer. And the consumer is everybody in the room. Whether you're consuming bubble gum or million dollars real estate, we're all consumers. And there'll be a moment in your life where there's integrity. Honesty, character, life that's pleasing to God or a life that's pleasing me. Selflessness and godliness, selfishness and greed. And every single one of us will find ourselves in the position of what seed to sow. And can I just tell you this morning, if you sow that seed of, of, of dishonesty, if you sow that seed of, 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 of low integrity and character, give it Time and the seed will produce a harvest. Anybody ever been guilty of saying this to your wife or to your kids or to your mom and daddy? Man, I am reaping what I have sown. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> I was at my mom and daddy's house this week and, and they had a contractor over at the house doing some work for him. And the contractor, he was in a pickle, he was in a bind and he had to bring his little grandson with him over to the house. And, you know, uh, your contractor, your hired hand, and, you, and, and he brought his little grandson with him. And I know the little grandson. He is as cute as they come, but he's as boy as it gets. And that little toot, I'm telling you, I'm, he's like the Energizer Bunny. I mean, he'll walk around, make music on things that weren't supposed to be touched, if you get my saying. And I came over to the house, and the contractor said, yeah, he was over here, but his, his uh, grandma just picked him up. And I said, oh, man, I love him. He is so cute, but whoo, that little boy. And, it, and I, I, what I said was, I said, I realize, man, I wasn't wired to have a son. All these years that I've desired a son, I realize that the seed, That I have sown in my childhood. God's grace has spared me from reaping. I said, boy, them boys are different than them girls. My own mama, she ought to repent. She looked across that kitchen and said, oh, I know. She said, might you remember I had one. Stay with me this morning. The desires of your heart, it's going to show up. What are, you, what, what are you sowing in the desires of your heart? 
because it's going to come out. Do you desire a healthy marriage? You can't sow seed of, of, of attitudes and, and selfishness in a marriage and reap the harvest of a healthy marriage. You can't sow seed in the marriage unit and the covenant of marriage of, of, of control and, and, and demand and, 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 you know, just your way or the highway and expect there to be unity. Because the desires of your heart's going to come out. Somebody say, preach on, preacher. What about this? What about the seed of satisfaction? Man will never rise above his level of satisfaction. I threw this out there on Twitter this week. Whatever it is you're putting up with, whatever it is you're tolerating, whatever it is that you're okay with, whatever it is that you're overlooking, it's not leaving. It's not changing. Whatever it is you're willing to live with, get ready to do life with it. Pastor, I, just, I can't control them kids of mine. Them kids, Pastor, you need to help me pray. What you want me to pray for, brother? Well, you know, my kids, man, they drinking in the house. They cutting up in the house. They, they watching things they shouldn't be watching. Man, for, catch me up, brother. It's been a while since we talked. How old are your kids? One forty, And the other, she's 36. And they still in your house? Yeah, pray with me about what they've been doing in my house. I ain't going to pray with you about that. I'm going to pray with you, you change your locks. And call your insurance company. And a lawyer. If you're going to overlook it, if you're going to tolerate it, nothing's going to change. Man will always, he will not rise above his level of satisfaction. If you're satisfied with your marriage at this level, it's never going to get to this level. If you're satisfied with your, with your financial provision at this level, it's never going to get to this level. If you're satisfied with, 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 with where you are in this world at this level, it's never going to Let me go for there. Everybody listen. If you're satisfied with your experience with God at this level, it's never going to go to this level. If you're satisfied with this level of prayer, it's never going to go to this level. If you're satisfied with these signs and wonders and these opportunities and miracles and blessings, well, it's never going to go to this level. You're never going to get higher than what you're satisfied with. That's why there comes the miracle and the power and the force of being dissatisfied. Until you become dissatisfied with some things, it's never going to change. I got permission and blessing from my friend that's here today. His name's Dan. To share a little bit of his story. My friend Dan Finn that's here in this service this morning, hard-working businessman in this area, he grew up in Michigan. So he started out struggling. I mean, you already having a, you know. When the word bag is pronounced big, you already behind. (laughs) 
But Dan, my, my good friend and his beautiful wife Jan that are here, Dan grew up in an environment that was unhealthy. He grew up in an environment that was abusive, ungodly. He grew up in an environment full of outside forces playing roles and calling the shots. Other forces were calling the shots. Alcohol was calling the shots. Um, things that were not of the Lord, that they were in control of that, that environment. But there came a time in Dan's life where he realized that he couldn't control this environment that he was in. But he had seed in its pockets that God gave him in his creation to sow in the direction that he wanted to go for his life. I wish somebody would hear what I'm preaching about today. No, you don't have it fair. No, everything's not perfect. But none of our lives are perfect. But God's given you the ability to dream bigger dreams. He's given you the ability to say no to bad moods and yes to good. He's given you the faith to be able to include more people in your life than just you and your little group. And he's given you the faith to sow seed in the direction that you want your harvest to be. And Dan Finn had an option. He could just take what he's always known, do what he's always seen, modeled, or he could sow seed that was going to take him in a different direction. And by the mystery and the beauty of God's love and spirit, brought him into relationship in high school with a beautiful young lady that he now has done life with for many years. And because of the right seeds sown, in the right direction for a harvest. Now, not only have they found Texas, but can I tell you in this local church, there's four generations represented of the Drake, Finn, Barrera lineage. It was because somebody got dissatisfied with how life was. Let me throw this out there. Just stay with me now. Let me work a little bit. Everybody okay? Everybody all right? Until you get dissatisfied with being financially broke and in debt. Until you're, if you, will, if you tolerate making the minimum payments, if you're okay with just floating from one car to the next, it's never going to change. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, as my good friend Brother Dave says, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and dissatisfied, you'll start putting God first in your life. And you'll start living within the provision that God provides, not what your fantasy provides. You'll start living within your needs and not your wants. But it's never going to change until you get dissatisfied. Is everybody all right this morning? What about this 
seed of discretion. Using discretion. Meaning, let's just make it plain, thinking about what the harvest is before you sow the seed. Let's say it this way. Thinking about what you say before you say it. I am guilty of thinking about what I've said. <laughs> I spent some time going, hmm, that's really what I said. Oh, Lordy. And that's how I said it? Oh, sweet Jesus. And that's when I said it? I didn't really think things through. And then, from that seed sown, over time, I then see the harvest. And that's when I say, oh, man. But how many of you know, once the harvest is ready, it's too late to go back and change the seed. When that corn's ready, it's too late if it was that you wanted strawberries. You can't take your words back, can you? You can't go back and take your actions back, can you? So using discretion, so when that seed of discretion is, you buying yourself some time before you choose what the harvest is. Man, this is some good preaching right here. That's some good stuff. All right, I agree. You're right. You're right. You're right. Do it again. That's a good preacher right there, boy. Check this out. Last one before I, before I kick it into gear here and close this thing down this morning. <laughs> what about the seed of discipline? My friend's here today. This is my friend's first time to be here. He's a buddy of mine here in town. Billy Hughes is here with me today. I love Billy. Billy's one of those friends, you know, you love him, but you just don't like him half the time. You ever had somebody like that? You love him, but you don't like him because he's fit. You ever known somebody fit when you wasn't fit? Old people I know is fit, and I'm unfit. And I eat breakfast with Billy here in town. And I order my usual, and here I am trying to do what's right, you know. I order my usual. I just want two eggs over medium. I want one little piece of sausage, and I just need one piece of wheat toast, lightly toasted with a little butter. Billy says, I need a chicken fried steak. I need an omelet. I need a rack of ribs, a dozen eggs, a gallon of milk. Give me a, give me a short stack three times. And then the dude's got a six-pack. But he's also got the discipline to go work off what he's consumed. See, I've just accepted the fact having a keg is better than having a six-pack. <laughs> Whatever you do, if you tweet that, I'll kill you. I'll hunt you down and shoot you because the preacher did not just mean it in the context you took it. You totally read into that. You're not spiritually minded. You half backslid. I meant it from a weight issue and I did not think 
I did not use discretion before I said it. And I got a feeling the harvest will be sooner than later. <laughs> Lord Jesus, think, boy, <clears throat> before you talk. This thing called discipline, man, you look at somebody's life and you want their life, but you don't want to go through what they've been through to get there. Let's jump back there to that money thing. All of us know somebody that retired well. We want that, but we ain't saving. We look at marriages. They're so in love. They're so beautiful. They're so comfortable around each other. It seems like they're just madly in love, but we don't know how much forgiveness they've offered each other along the way. We don't know how much seed of grace that they've shown to their partner. See, when it's in the break room and we hear the story of the conflict in the home, we might be the one sowing the seed that says, oh, I wouldn't let him talk to me that way. I'd cut him. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody else is sowing the seed. Hey, man, he was probably having a rough spot. Give him, give him some time. Give him some space of the grace of God. Discipline. Discipline is that self-mastery of the things that we don't want to do because we want to reap the benefits of doing them. We want God to move in our lives, but we don't want to spend time with Him. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles. We want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, but we don't want to get too close to Him. Can I preach a little while? We want to reach the lost, but we just can't get outside of the church. We want to have revival, but we don't want to reach for it. We want our families healthy and living a life of provision. And, but man, we'd just rather sleep in. You have to say no to something before you can say yes to something. Life is not all about the yes. Life is about the no and the yes. Whatever it is, the yes that you need, trust me, it's going to call on you to say no to something. You cannot be saved and live like a sinner. You cannot live independent, calling the shots, not, not in any way concerned about your partner's thoughts and feelings, and yet live happily married. Can I go a little further? You got to say no to living on the program and the welfare check. You got to say no to living as a taker if you're going to say yes to having a good job. I don't know if I ought to take that job, man. That means I'll lose that monthly check. You're going to rather have a monthly check instead of a weekly check. Well, you know, yeah, but I weigh it all out, man. Uh, you know, I weigh it all out, and what I see, the difference is, see, see, the difference is, I get that weekly check, but they want 40 hours. I get this check for nothing. I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. You got to say no to some things before you can say yes to things. You got to say no to sin before you can say yes to God's grace. 
You've got to say no to doubt before you can say yes to faith. <laughs> Preach it, man. What are you wanting to see in your life? What kind of harvest of the yes do you need? Because you're going to have to sow the seed of saying no, giving it some time to reap the harvest. Give me five, ten minutes and I'll be done, all right? What time is it? Huh. Somebody done messed with that clock. That's what y'all did. There's no way that it's 2.30. I just got y'all, didn't I? Somebody right now went, oh, man. Now, it's 12.14, 12.15. Lord, that thing sped up one minute. 12.15, I got, I got to hurry. God's never going to ask you to sow these type of seeds that you don't have already. Our fear is that God's going to ask us to sow and believe and trust and love and care and, 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 and forgive. And, and he's going to call on us to do something that we don't have the capacity to do. And that's not true. You already have within your ownership and in your possession what you need to get the harvest that you desire. The question is, you have it and you've not sown it. I'll tell you all something funny. Everybody with me? Everybody Okay. Stay with me now. I know some of you are getting sleepy. Stay with me. I was in a church service one time where the preacher was so excited. They were about to uh, pay off a loan, a big loan, and he got to the pulpit. I loved it. I'm going to use this on y'all one day. Preacher got to the pulpit, and he said, I've got incredible, awesome, exciting news. I need everybody's attention. We have got the money to pay off the loan on the building. Woo! Woo! He said, now we got to get it from your account to ours. <laughs> Ushers, please come. God's never going to ask you to sow a seed that you don't already have. I think about the little widow lady in the book of Kings. She bumped into the prophet Elijah, Elisha rather, and he says, what's going on? Why are you so troubled? You seem down. You seem disturbed and, and stressed. Everybody look up here. Well, I'm like school teacher, ain't I? Look up here. Check this out. Stay with me. Ooh, I got to get my attention. Watch this. She said, prophet, I need something to happen good for me. Why? What's going on? I'm a widow. My husband's passed. And unfortunately for me, I'm sitting on a lot of debt. The creditor's coming. And the creditor says that if I can't pay this debt, he's going to take my children and make them slaves to pay off the debt. And I mean before the prophet ever thought about it, Peggy, the prophet said, well, what do you have in your house? And the woman literally said these words. It's in your Bible. The woman said, nothing. Except a little oil. He said, no, I said, what do you have in your house? Nothing except the little oil. He said, well, I thought you said nothing. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. You said nothing, but then you said a little oil. What do you have in your house? Well, I've got a little oil, but it's nothing. What you think is nothing is everything when you sow it in faith, believing that God's going to multiply it over time. What you overlook is something minor. How's your prayer life? I'll be honest with you, Pastor. I, I, 
I don't pray like I, I, I pray every now and then, but you're praying. It's like that New Testament story where the man said, Jesus, I'm going to believe, but man, I need you to help me with my unbelief. But you're still believing, right? I'm believing, but I got unbelief. I don't have much, but I got a little. How much do you have? Just a little oil? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking what I'm thinking. All of us think together. We all think this. I don't have a lot to offer God. I don't have a pocket that's overflowing with seed of love. I can only love every now and then. I, I don't forgive as much as I need to. I don't trust as often as I would like to. I'm limited, man. I'm, I'm down to almost nothing. But when you're down to nothing, God is up to something with your nothing. If you could just take the little that you have and trust God with it. Somebody said little is much when God is in it. <laughs> I don't have much to offer, but I, I, can, I can trust a little. That's all God's wanting to know. Can you trust it all? Can you pray it all? Can you, can you worship it all? Can you praise it all? Can you love it all? Can you try just a little? Can you give just something? Is there something down in you that wants a harvest so bad enough that you'll give the little that you have to give it some time to reap the harvest that God has in your life? What do you have in your house? A little oil. Well, God needs that little oil today. If you want 2016 to be the best year of your life, don't look for all the things you don't have. Look for what you do have. You do have another praise in your lips. You do have another hand clap in your hands. You do have enough glory to God in your mouth. You do have another faith. You've been given the measure of faith. You, 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 I can only believe at this level. You believe at this level and give it time with God, you'll be at this level. The key is do something to give your very best to God I think about Moses, he had that staff in his hand, and God said, what's in your hand? I just got a little stick. Well, take that stick and smoke the rock and strike the water. Use that stick. It's just a little stick. It's a stick. But when you put that stick into operation in faith, it becomes a, it becomes a vehicle that the power of God can move through. What's in your hand? What's in your house? Think about the value of it. Whatever it is, a watch, a pair of shoes, it's all depending on who's wearing them. Depends on the value of them. I can tell you right now, a slingshot in my hands, man, that's just a toy to play around the backyard with. But a slingshot in David's hands become the seed that took down Goliath. Fish and bread in my hands, man, we might get lucky and make a sandwich or two. But fish and bread in the little lad's hand that gave it to Jesus became what fed the multitude of 5,000 plus children. What you have in your hands literally is the seed to create your harvest. Man, I better have you stand or I'll preach all day long. Man, is this good? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Let's just clap our hands to the Lord Jesus this morning. Wow. Wow. 
All right, let me pray over you this morning. Prayer partners, quickly come. This is going to be a twofold. This is going to be a twofold closing of this service. And if everybody can just still kind of hang with me here, I know everybody's probably ready because we 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 two minutes into the overtime game. If you'll just stay with me for a moment. The most important part of this day is about to take place in the next 30 seconds. Some of you need to sow the seed of faith to reap the harvest of God's grace. Pastor Tommy, make it plain. What do you mean? If you want to receive the blessing of God's grace in your life, you have to believe. What is it that I would need his grace for? The Bible says that's really the only way you're going to be saved. You can't work your way to being saved. You can't think your way into having your sins forgiven. You have to put your faith in the fact that Jesus has already forgiven you. Now you just must respond to that incredible opportunity, the gift of God. You have to sow faith. How do I sow faith, Pastor Tommy? You choose to believe. You choose to believe no matter what your eyes might see or no matter how your, your body might feel. You choose to believe the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word of God. Even as I preached this morning, this is crazy. While I was preaching today, you've already received more faith than you had when you walked in here. Matter of fact, if I had you raise your hand, somebody in here already starting to believe God for more this year. You're believing for better you and a better life. All just because of a few little stories. But that was the word of God. And your faith is coming up. Well, the only way that you're going to have your sins forgiven is by putting your faith in, the, in, in Jesus Christ and his grace. Right now, every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to ask a very simple question. Don't overcomplicate it. Just answer it. If you need to give your life to Jesus Christ and have your sins forgiven, would you raise your hand quickly? I want to pray for you. Wow. Can you lift them high? Wow. I see you. I see you right back there. If you're comfortable doing so, keep your hand lifted. I want to pray for you. I wish that I could speak these words for you. Unfortunately, this is between you and God. But what I can do is give you an idea of how to express it. But what's happening between you and God is between you and God. I want you to think on these things and even say these words. Dear Jesus, I know that I need you. You know and I know that I've messed things up. You know and I know that everything in my life is not pleasing to you. I know that because they're not even pleasing to me. But I give you my life today. The hand that I lifted up is kind of like my idea of a seed. I'm letting you know, God, 
that I'm sowing into my future. I'm turning from my sin. I'm going to stop calling all of my own shots in life. And I'm going to make you my Lord and Savior. And now that which I believe in my heart, I confess it with my mouth. And by faith I believe that the grace of Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation, has brought you to be my Lord and my Savior. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I now close with this altar call. What I'm about to ask you, I'm going to ask you to respond by literally taking a step out of where you're standing and coming and allowing one of my friends here to agree with you for what you need. This altar call is for you. Every single person that's in this room, do you need things to change this year? Do you need things to change in your life? Do you need 16 to be sweet, a sweet 2016 for you? If so, it's going to call on you to sow some seed. And the very first seed that you can sow for your future starts right now, and that is trusting God. Quickly, without another thought through your mind, if you need things to change for your good by putting God first in your life, Take a step out of that pew quickly and come. Come quickly this morning. I want to pray over all of you that are joining me in the altar. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over you. Prayer partners, if there's more than what we have in prayer partners, I ask you to move quickly and pray with these that are coming. God's going to do something awesome in your life this year, ma'am. Pastor Dustin, I know you're in relationship with her. Would you pray with my friend Catherine? Join him. Thank you for coming, sir. Robbie and Tamara, I love you so much. Pastor Anthony, will you pray with my friends, Robbie and Tamara? These are my neighbors. I love them. If you need something to happen in your life this year, something supernatural, man, you need a miracle. You need, a, you need something to change in your heart. You need a breakthrough in your mind. You need deliverance. Woo. Man, quickly come. If you need to be set free from some issues, if you need God to cleanse you and set you on the path of recovery, sobriety, healthy living, God bless you. Something great's going to happen in your life today, sir. Woo, I feel faith rising in this room. People are starting to believe the impossibilities are going to be made possible. <laughs> Everything the devil told you is never going to change. It's going to change because we're sowing seed because we're not satisfied with how things have always been. They're going to change in Jesus' name. Things are about to change in Jesus' name. Quickly come before I pray over you. I'm about to pray over these in the altar. If you need to get down here, come quickly before I pray. Anybody else before we pray? All over the church, lift your hands if you're comfortable doing so. In the name of Jesus, I pray for these that are in this altar. These men and women have taken huge steps of faith, sowing seed into their future. Things are changing even now. Things are changing even now. In the name of the Lord, I ask you to move mountains out of these ways. Move 
mountains out of their, out of their path. I ask you in the name of the Lord to make crooked paths very straight. Ease the stress. Provide the love and comfort. We call health into these homes. We call provision into these homes. We call contentment and joy of the Lord into these homes. We pray over their minds. We pray over their hearts. We take captivity every thought. Let it come under the obedience of Jesus. We pray a blood covering of Jesus' blood at the cross over their families. Hallelujah. We speak words of life, words of faith over them. They're covered in prayer this morning. They're covered by their friends and their family here at Calvary Church. We agree for their good. We agree, God, right now for their, their health upon their homes and families. In the name of the Lord, chains be broken. Addictions be broken. Hallelujah. Issues be gone. We drop it now at this altar and we leave it here with you, Jesus. To God be the glory and the honor. Amen. Let's clap our hands to Jesus Christ all over this room. Can we give him a praise offering right now? Just thanking God for what he's doing in these hearts. Yeah. Isn't he good to us? Wow. If you're down here in the front or if you're in the audience today, and if you would like a little piece of material to kind of help you get started living for Jesus, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to stay close. If you would like a piece of literature, it's a little fresh start book. It's just going to help you get started on your life with Jesus Christ. If you would like that, we would love to show that to you.